Oddities, late night movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast where we discuss cinematic oddities, films that are too bizarre, abnormal, or off kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Sometimes they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Zach. And wow, that is an old cat. (laughs) (laughs) So, so glad that's the first comment Rob made about this movie. I I kind of picked up on it later. It was like a moment that I forgot in the movie. But when, you know, um, Ginger Kid goes over to Olivia's house and he's like, wow, that's an old cat. She calls it Nancy. And I'm like, the cat's name is Nancy? But then I remember from earlier on, the, the Olivia's like, is Nancy eating? And then she like shoves the cat's face into some food. Yep. <laughs> oh, we are continuing on with... I think, what is this, uh, Dancing in December Plus? Something like that? What is it called? Dancing December Plus. Okay, and at least this one has uh, dancing, I think, a a little more musically inclined, or at least music I enjoy, than the Cheetah Girls. I think there's maybe the same amount of dancing. Um, I just wanted to start by saying, I don't hate this movie as much as I hated the Cheetah Girls, which I think Zach will be happy to hear, that I kind of was a little more neutral to charmed by this movie than the cheetah girls, because I hated, I think every character in the cheetah girls. Um, but I don't know where you wanted to start with this one. I think from all the ones we're discussing, but correct me if I'm wrong. Is this the most recent Disney channel original movie we're covering this month? It is not Rob. That that goes, that honor goes to next week's episode. Okay. So I think this was what? 2011. Yes, April uh, 2011. You can tell that it's filmed, you know, uh, in a different vein from things like the Cheetah Girls, for sure. Uh, I I have to say, I'm so glad Christopher McDonald showed up in this movie on his Segway, rolling around yes. in the halls. That was great. Uh, but I guess, I guess, do we want to jump into context? Because I think just like with Cheetah Girls, well, I was angry with Cheetah Girls. I had something to say. <laughs> This time, I, I'm kind of, you know, this is a, a Disney Channel original movie I never saw, so is it something that you saw back in the day? You know, you went off to college and we're still watching still watching the Disney Channel for our pop music Damn movies. Damn straight. What's, what's our history with this? Because I think I covered uh, mine. I, I was not aware of it. <laughs> yes, that's Rob's entire history. I was not aware. Um, no, so like I uh, – my history of this for the most part stems from like the fall of 2011. I know for a fact I did not watch this film when it first premiered. Um, probably through some – like I do this periodically. I don't really do it as much now like we live in like the Spotify generation. But like back in the day, I would go maybe once every four months, I would go through like iTunes and try to find like related music to stuff that I liked Mm -hmm. and see if anything new catched my ear. And one of the things was Lemonade Mouth. And I'm pretty sure I came across the song Determinate. And I'm like, oh, like, okay, this is right up my alley. So I got the film from the library and I watched it and I'm like, damn, this film came out like eight years earlier. I would have been nothing but obsessed with it. Like this would have been like, like hugely like a huge obsession. Like I got the soundtrack from the library, ripped the CD. And to this day, I still love most of the songs. Like I, I still have determinate breakthrough and she's so gone on my phone. Um, I love those songs. Like I know the determinate dance where you hop and then like they take a step to the right and take a hop and take a step to the left. I'm so glad you um, say like, that because I mentioned, I think last month that you missed an episode because you were practicing your choreography for this month. Yes. Yes. 
Um, I know the lyrics to the Terminate song. Like, I will be in real world situations and I'll be like, demand more and then take more. Like, I'll say things like that. Um, I love, I, I, it's weird that like this is probably the most competent and well rounded Disney Channel movie they've ever made. Oh, in- interesting. I, I guess t- two responses that I have to that. I think this music was pretty good. I like that it was more modern than something like the Cheetah Girls, which was just that, you know, pop girl band, boy band era stuff. I like that there was a little more instrumentation in this stuff. I like that it was a band rather than just a vocal group. And I also have to say, as far as the message of this movie goes, even though there's some weird junk in this, it's <laughs> it's a good little story about, you know, everybody figuring out their problems together and dealing with, you know, even though some of their problems are stupid, which the movie points out, that they still, you know, come together and a lesson is learned. And that's that's fun. That's charming. <laughs> but, but I like, okay, that's the thing, though, is that, like, don't get me wrong. Like, we're, we're going to obviously mock this film, but I want it on the record that it, it is by far the most competent in less – it's probably also the least obnoxious Disney Channel movie I can think of. Okay. Because it, for the most part, it plays everything straight and nobody is just like over the top in this, like compared to things like High School Musical, Camp Rock, um, Descendants. Like it's it's played straight for the most part. Like there's obviously some goofy moments, but nothing like you would expect. Um, yeah. Because like it's it, that's the thing about it. It's, it's a very straightforward movie or TV movie. But like, like Rob said, a lot of these characters' problems – like they're they're definitive teenager first world problems. Like oh, yeah. um like like oh god, uh well, I, well, even, I, I, I think the... this was something because okay, since since we did it with since I did it, I think, in a very negative way for Cheetah Girls, I did a okay, same thing. Lay out... Yeah, can I break down the characters? I don't know if please, you had any more history. Please okay, do. okay. So you know, I also want you to also describe them physically, because there's a good chance you might say their names and I don't know who it is you're talking about. Ah, uh, okay, okay. So so what I the way that I did this at the start of the movie was I wrote down what part of the band they were and what their problem was and how they get to detention. Because that's the first fifteen minutes of this movie is setting up all of that. So of course we have guitar player Haley Kiyoko, aka Lesbian Jesus, who's <laughs> Stella in the movie, I think. She is Stella. She's the movie forgets that for some reason, um, the marketing team at the Disney Channel realized they couldn't make her the protagonist, despite the fact that she is the protagonist of the story. <laughs> yeah, and it makes the most bland character in the film the protagonist. Yes. So, so uh, lesbian Jesus is the guitar player. She has neglectful parents and is the new girl in school, and gets detention because she interrupts a school assembly. Uh, and have, she's wearing a shirt that's not allowed. Yes, yes. Which her her mom gives her like a blazer to cover. It's very yes. That's a her, very her strange mother sequence. Takes her, <laughs> yeah, it's very peculiar. But continue. Um, we have piano player Wendell who goes by Wen most of the time. He's upset that his dad has a girlfriend and gets his, detention. His biggest problem is that, yes, he's <laughs> he, mad because his girl, his dad's girlfriend is hot. Yes, and gets detention because he throws. Uh, sorry, I was. Switching lines uh, because he calls his history teacher stupid, which is a fantastic line where he's like, you must be Wendell's mother. She's not my mom. Look at her. Are you stupid? <laughs> I'm sorry to interrupt. Wendell, I have your folder. Check out Wendell's mommy. You must be Wendell's mother. She's not my mom. Okay. Are you kidding me? Look at her. Are you stupid? Uh, we have drummer Charlie, who has parents that favor his older brother, 
and gets detention because he throws a soccer ball and hits his coach. We have bass player Mo, a.k.a. Princess Jasmine from Guy Ritchie's 2019 Aladdin, who has a controlling father and gets detention, I think because she's caught sneaking around the school with a boy? Yes, she skips class. Yeah, okay, okay. The other day it's because she's skipping with the boy. And he doesn't get detention because he's a soccer player. Yeah, I wish that came up more in the movie that Christopher McDonald basically is not only the pre- uh, the president, the principal of the school, but he's also the, the main security guard because he has, like, all the TV and he camera has, like, screens. He has, like, CCTV monitors, like, all throughout his office. <laughs> yeah. He can see everything that's going on everywhere. Um, and then singer Olivia likes to read and gets detention <laughs> because she's in a janitor's closet. Alone. Yeah, she gets it. <laughs> she, of course, we, we learn about her problems more later on, but in the start of this movie, her big character flaw is that she reads a lot. That's how the movie yes. portrays it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, the movie, like, cause it, this apparently was based on a book. Oh. And that's where this all. Oh, and yeah, I, I like, looked I, into the book. I found some differences. Uh, My favorite one is the book explains why Olivia's father is in jail. Okay, I look forward to hearing that. Okay, we'll get to that because we can't we can't we'll jump the that. gun because when all of our band members share their problems, that might be the funniest scene in the movie. <laughs> well, the okay, the funniest scene in the movie, and I remember laughing hysterically at this nine years ago, was I can like I said I have not watched this movie in its entirety probably since like 2011, and when I was rewatching it for this recording last night. And we get to the point where, like, when is it Olivia's house? And he sees the cat, like, the mangy cat walking by. <laughs> and he's like, wow, that cat is old. Yes. And I just, like, I died laughing. I'm like, wow, that is an old cat. That is, like, the definition of, like, before there were Cinematis, folks, it was, like, like Sal would coin it as Robisms. Yo, Rob humor would be yes. called Robisms. And that is a Robism if there ever was a Robism. <laughs> being at somebody's hat, uh, house, seeing their, like, decrepit cat and being like, man, that cat is old. And just, like, pointing out a blatantly obvious fact, but <laughs> being clearly mean-spirited in the process. Um... Oh, that, that to me, that's the best scene in the entire movie. Okay. Because well, I, that, guess, I had to quote that one because I was actually – I was getting like a little worried that there weren't going to be a lot of good quotes in this because, of course, from our Cheetah Girls, like I had like 10 I could rattle off because that movie was a nightmare. But before the wow, that is an old cat line, the only other one I was thinking of was when Mo is upset with her mudslide crush boyfriend. And she's like, if a guy doesn't call for a few days, should a girl worry? And I'm like – Nobody talks that way. <laughs> Who would say should a girl worry? Just like, is this Disney Channel going, we have to make sure nobody in this movie is a lesbian, even though we have lesbian Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, it's it's weird that, like, Haley Kiyoko's character is, like, is the only one not to be paired off with somebody. Yep. Because at the end of the film, everybody, like, has, like, a definitive case of the not gays mm-hmm. except for her and i'm like man like i don't know if that was something she was able to talk them into but like it was it was rare for a disney channel original movie not to pair everybody up by the end yeah. when there was that like romantic tension because like olivia oh god what's her name oh not olivia holt um bridget mendler in ginger man <laughs> like yeah. their like their romance comes literally out of nowhere we were like Wait, what? Like, this is a thing? He basically shoves a small cat into her face. And she's like, take me. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> more or less um but yeah no it's it's this, this is it's it's weird to think of a, such a, again every disney channel original movie is strange mm-hmm. but this is by far the least strange and most competent made one yeah i mean there's only uh, the strange moments are more comedic touches than actual like you know absurd things i would say um, like, They're more goofy than bizarre. Yeah, yeah. I guess to round it out, you know, I listed those five main characters. There's not too many other than that. I mean, Christopher McDonald is bad principal. There's music teacher. There's douchebag mudslide crush lead singer. Yeah. There's parents of everybody, I guess. <laughs> they don't matter. But that's the thing. Is that, <laughs> like, that's the thing, though, is that, like, there's no, like, primary... Like, it's it's weird that, like, you look at this movie and you compare it to Cheetah Girls. And you can clearly see this is, like, the Cheetah Girls at its most, like, well-crafted. Yeah, and yeah. When it comes to a bunch of teenagers starting a band. Um, because, like, you have – it's the exact same problems. Like, you have some sort of adult figure trying to get in their way. You have parental figures that are trying to be obstacles. But at the end of the day, like, everybody succeeds, yet they really – like it's they all succeed and yet at the same time none of the characters come across as like awful human beings. Yeah, like well, that's I, the thing. Like I would say everybody except for I think Ray is his name, the lead singer of Mudslide Crush that like hates everybody, well, well, like he's the a, biggest douchebag. Well, he's a villain. He's the he well, is the a, villain. Yeah. Well, he's a villain, but like he, it's weird. Like the first half of the film, the villain is the principal. And then yes. like the second half of the film, there is no villain. It's just, like, obstacles they have to overcome because, like, they all get sick at the end of the film. (laughs) That's a good point uh, that they they are the ones to cause their own issues before the uh, Battle of Bands type thing because we get, like, a three-minute montage where Mo gets the flu. Sorry, Princess Jasmine gets the flu. Charlie breaks his fingers. Wen gives himself a black eye, and then Olivia screams and loses her voice. Pretty much. And then I guess lesbian Jesus gets everybody arrested? That's yeah. like the cherry on top? I, should we explain why we're saying lesbian Jesus? Because I, ex- I cannot refer to Haley Kiyoko as anything but lesbian Jesus ever since I heard that years ago. <laughs> Haley Kiyoko is incredible. Like, I just, like, she, like you said, she's so over the top. Um, and it's a shame that her career has, hasn't really taken off because of the persona she's kind of crafted for herself um but she, she's a fascinating character i think that's just the the most condensed way to put sure. it in my it, what do you know the history it, it was a fan name for her i don't think it, like she's called herself lesbian jesus i feel like you know she i guess for context Haley kyoko kyoko the actress slash musician she's been like a like a lesbian icon for a while in that community and I think there's some stories I've read where people are, like, really appreciative of her because she came out at such a young age or something like that. Like, I think, Zach, you were saying that, you know, was it her dealings with the Disney Channel studio that, you know, they she didn't want to be paired up with anybody or have any type of relationship? Um, I don't think she ever called herself Lesbian Jesus. I think that's just what her fans started to call her. But I don't know for sure. Do you have any knowledge yeah, I, of that? I, I am by all means. A, Zach's like, like here's uh, my here's my thesis that I did in college on Haley Kiyoko. <laughs> oh my god, I wish I was aware of Haley Kiyoko in college. Um, I guess I really don't have any definitive knowledge of her. Like my entire history with her was the I remember her the first time I ever heard from her was Girls Like Girls, and oh, that yeah, music yeah. video like like doesn't feature her at all. It's just like like teenage actors like just doing stuff, and then like I think the first time I ever saw her 
was not counting lemonade mouth on i didn't know who she was at the time mm-hmm. was the uh oh god i forget what I, I can't even tell you what it is the music video's name i remember i saw it basically it's her like chasing an attractive woman around like an abandoned town and i'm like okay like i'm intrigued by this <laughs> and then like then i started like researching her and i'm like oh i get it now um I, and then like I, I, the, I think I even told the story on the podcast probably about a year ago. Like my favorite Haley Kiyoko story was like she was being interviewed and she's like, "Why is Taylor Swift have to make music about like dating boys? Why can't I make music about being a lesbian dating yeah. girls?" And it's like, "You're not Taylor Swift. Like Taylor Swift can do literally anything she wants and no one's going to push back against it. Nobody on the face of this earth is Taylor Swift except Taylor Swift when it comes to just like the entertainment industry. Um, and it's like I just found that fascinating that she compared herself to Taylor Swift in that regard. But that's kind of where this came from. I think I, I think I even said it on the podcast. I'm like, it's worth talking about Lemonade Mouth just for the Haley Kiyoko stories alone. But no, like she's like she makes good like electro dance pop. Oh, like, sure. I'm not sure if she even does that anymore, but like, no, she's competent in that regard. She's great in this. Like, she's definitely one of the more edgy Disney Channel original movie characters there are. Um, she, I she, love she's her by no... uh, peacock feather earring. Wonderful. Rob, do, do you Wonderful. do you want do you want to <laughs> do you want to connect this to another movie in the Cinematis canon? I was hoping you were going to ask if I wanted a peacock feather earring because the answer would be <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, when I saw that in the movie, I immediately thought of That's My Boy. And when Andy Sandberg tells Adam Sandler, you and your Duran Duran earring. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing I thought of when I saw that. I'm like, God damn, we're going right back to That's My Boy. Oh, it's good. No, she. I, I probably would say she's my favorite character in the movie. I mean – She's the only real character in the movie. She's like her, the only yeah. character – that like an adult like think about that like when you like when Disney Channel makes these movies, it's twelve year old girls watching it on a Friday night and mom and dad are just stuck in the room to supervise like just making sure nobody lights the drapes on fire mm-hmm. and they're just watching this and Haley Kyoko's character Stella is the only real character in the movie like like we said like we have guy whose stepfather is boning like a twenty eight year old college student yep <laughs> we have the guy who's mad that like his brother's like a soccer player and his parents like want him to basically be his brother two point that's was so strange when they're like the parents drop off Charlie and he's drumming and then she's like here's your brother's soccer ball we hope tryouts go goes well and the mother starts crying and I'm like okay yep. so the brother's dead and he's like no he's like mom why are you crying he's just at college <laughs> yep like you have that's that's his entire thing you have Mo who basically is just your typical like oh god indian immigrant with overly like conservative parents yep and you have uh bridget mendler who's essentially likes to read and this is overly sheltered yeah sheltered but she's just very like introverted and it's like and that's the thing like i get it bridget mendler's character because she was the biggest name on disney channel in this film because sure. she was in a uh, good luck charlie and she also done things like wizards of waverly place like she'd been around um within the disney stables but like i get she why she's the pro, like protagonist again pretty white blonde girl but like she like there's no character there like like we make fun of the guy with the, with the parents that like want him to be a soccer player like that's a shallow character mm-hmm. bridget mendler's character has no character she is yeah. basically a blank palette for like little girls to paint themselves on too because <laughs> it's just like oh she's like, like like what is her character she's pretty and she can sing well 
and she has a cat. It's like, okay, <laughs> yes. like, it's like, okay, let's, like, that's the thing. Like, again, in any other movie, Stella would be the main character because she is the glue that holds all this together. Absolutely. And she's also the only genuinely dynamic character in the film. Yeah, you're right about Olivia, Bridget Mendler. She's such, she's not a character, she is beats. She is beats yes. for the movie to work through because, you know, she likes to read and be alone. I guess that's what we learned in the beginning. She has an old goddamn cat. Wow, that is an old cat. We we will get one thing later on that I think we have to we, we'll get to. But then I mean the other thing is that she's shy. Yep. And and I mean there there's a scene in this movie where before they go on at the Halloween bash, she's like hiding in the uh, bathroom stall. And all the characters are trying to get her to come out. And I expect Jim Sturgis to show up and sing Dear Prudence from across the universe because that's the exact same fucking scene. <laughs> <sighs> it's it worth knowing that the, the, the boys are in the girls' girls' bathroom and like a girl tries to get into the bathroom. They're like, nope, use the one next door. I just love that so well, much. Well, even better, when they're, they're at the entrance before they decide to go in, the girl who starts to come in is wearing a toilet bowl Halloween costume. Yes, yes. And yes. they say to her, no thanks, we have enough. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that is, that's a goofy little kids movie moment right there. And I'm just charmed by it. <laughs> that's the thing. Like, that's like, like, don't be wrong. Like, by the time we end this series, this will be, the def- like, objectively speaking, the best Disney Channel movie. Like, we will, like, we'll be like, <laughs> don't be wrong, a like, Teen Beach movie might be, have, like, like, what's the word? It might be flashier and more polished. Sure. But it's not as objectively good. Okay, okay. That's the other one in this list I haven't seen, yeah. Yes, Teen Beach, no, Teen Beach Movie 2 is just, it's, it's, it's bonkers. But, like, the first Teen Beach movie, like... It's it's like it's weird that like all these films like follow like a progression. There's an evolution to them, but I don't think when you do the specific genre, like subgenre of these TV movies that we're delving into, you you do not get any better of a version than T uh, than Lemonade Mouth. Okay, okay, like when you do like when you do the like idea. Because think about it, this thing. This movie basically follows the exact same plot as Cheetah Girls. It's about a bunch of teenagers who yep. like enter a contest to be the best band ever. Through like unfortunate circumstances, they can't partake in the competition. Yet somehow they succeed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the plot. Like that is literally the plot for both movies. <laughs> and the uh, the, the Bichon Frise is switched out for a lemonade machine. <laughs> <laughs> no, Rob, it's switched out for a dying cat. <laughs> it's it's switched out and split up for a lot of things. I think. Yes. <laughs> I guess we should talk about should – we, wait, wait, wait. Should we actually run through the plot of this movie? I, that's I what like I kind of... wanted to ask you because I don't know how well-known this is, not only for our audience but in the pantheon of Disney Channel original movies. I think if you're a fan of D, like DCOMs, you know what this is. Okay. Like if, you, like if you are a fan of like things like, oh god, High School Musical, Teen Beach Movie, um, I think out of everything we discuss in this series, I would say Stuck in the Suburbs is probably the most obscure mm-hmm. um, because it was kind of like in that weird time period when they were kind of like redoing everything. Considering Stuck in the Suburbs came out like less than a year after Cheetah Girls. Yep. Lemonade Mouth, like you would know what this is because okay. like most, again, it's 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 understood as the, as the best, like probably one of the best Disney channels. Like if you, imagine if you went to like BuzzFeed, if that's still a thing, or like Watch Mojo or any sort of those like listicle sites, this would probably be in every single like top 10 list. As the best, like, like one of the best Disney Channel original movies. Like, I don't, I, I honestly, well, the best, 
it's weird to think of it this way because it kind of made the jump from like small screen to big screen. But number one or number two is always going to be High School Musical because it really just that became wildly popular beyond anyone's imagination. Sure, yeah. But like compared to things like Camp Rock and, and just things like that, this like again, like Descendants is up there because it, it tried to have the best of both worlds with music and tying it to like other Disney lore when it comes to like villains and stuff. Gotcha. Uh, but no, Le- Lemonade Mouth is like I know I keep reiterating this, but it is considered like the like it's it's I think it has like almost like a seven out of ten rating on on IMDb, <laughs> which is like extraordinarily high for a decom. Um, like I, I'd be hard pressed to think of another Disney Channel original movie that has that high of a rating. Yeah, that's not like one from like pre two thousand, like your Brink, like like those sort of ones that kind of like came before like the the, the Disney Channel network became very. very very like superficial is halloween town in that era the first one it first know. okay because I, I know i just halloween town is the one i feel like everybody knows or at least that i've heard about the most but that's like that's so before it's time okay okay that like it's hard to kind of definitively um oh god i'm trying to think i'm, I'm trying to I'm, I'm actually kind of curious right now to see like what is considered the best halloween town um, that's a six point seven, so that's actually oh. lower than Lemonade Mouth. Lemonade Mouth has a six point nine. Okay. Okay. Xenon. Xenon has six point four. Pixel Perfect has an eleven out of ten. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, even things like Smart House, which was the uh, oh my god, um, Katie Segal movie. Yeah, it's actually pretty, yeah. That's that's pretty that's pretty uh, well rounded as well. That's only a six point three. Okay. Um, oh my god, when, on IMDb Parents Guide, Frightening Intense Scene, Smart House has severe. <laughs> okay, we're taking a detour for a second. Okay, violence and gore. There are some mildly threatening scenes that may disturb very young children, such as Pat coming alive and trapping the family inside the house. Okay. What? I mean, I think Frightening that was like and the premise severe. of the movie, many... right? <laughs> yeah, it's not violence and gore. Okay, somebody doesn't understand what these ratings mean. Um, the Luck of the Irish, Xenon, Double Teamed, Motocross has a 6.6. Okay, Brink Brink is the highest one so far at 7.1. Okay, okay. Um, but after that, I don't really uh, – the col- okay, the, the, the Color of Friendship, that's – that's an outlier because that has seven point two, but that's like a, that's like a remember the Titans almost. There's more. There's more to that than meets the eye. Gotcha. Um, Johnny Tsunami, thirteenth year. Yeah. So far, the only other one is Brink. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Those. Are, I think yeah, a lot of the ones you listed are from around the era where I was watching these types of things because I remember Luck of the Irish. I remember Smart House, Xenon, Brink, all that stuff. So sure. I mean, of like course, even I, I, Descend, the newer ones even have like 6.3. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I'm trying to find related ones. 6.3, I think, that, I, I think we set up the, uh, the narrative, though, that as time goes on, they get worse and worse because eventually we get to the Adventures in Babysitting remake, which has a negative score. And if it doesn't, it should. <laughs> but the thing, like you look at like like the, the most modern Disney Channel original movie phenomenons, Descendants, and there's three of those. Okay. Like the first one has a 6.3. Second one has a six point five. The last one has six point six, and then um like there's things again like the Teen Beach movie. The wow, the, the second one's rated higher than the first one. That's that's baffling. <laughs> no, I can't figure that one out. I think that was a good uh, detour. Zach gave us some some Disney Channel original movie history, <laughs> um, but I think getting back to our our branch of these tangents, 
I think I set it yes. up pretty well. Our five characters, you know, we all get their problems. We all get why they have detention. Would you like to pick up the synopsis of the plot from there? Yes, by all means, Rob. It would be my genuine pleasure. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've been saying it wrong. They don't have detention. They have detention. Did you what? notice that on the blackboard of the room that they have detention in, it says – Spell like, wrong? It's, no, it's spelled correctly, but then underneath the word detention, they put the spe- the pronunciation for that word, and it is it literally says D, like D-E-E, hyphen tin, T-I-N, hyphen oh, shun. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, the pronunciation I get. No, no, yes, I did so, see that. So I, we've I been saying detention wrong our entire lives. They have detention. <laughs> detention. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I'm like, that's that's not how I've pronounced it all these years. Nobody pronounces it that way. <laughs> but this Unless is you're... this is how they're telling us. Disney Channel was teaching us the right way to say it. Detention. <laughs> so, so they all get to detention. So now enlighten Attention. us, Zach. How how many lemonades go in how many mouths from this point on? <laughs> <laughs> they, they go in all the mouths. Um, no, so basically you have your five main characters. They they have a very Breakfast Club esque scenario where they all get detention, and while they're in detention, they're they're there because of the 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 music teacher is essentially the what chaperone of detention. Yeah, and she's like, okay, like I'm gonna go like like take a swig of something from my flask. You guys, your job is to clean up the music room. <laughs> and so like while they're all cleaning up, like they start playing music. They like have like a spontaneous jam session, and the music teacher's like, oh my god, you guys are incredible, and they're all very kind of reluctant. But like Stella, our main character, is like, no, like we're gonna sit there like like do this together, and. Like it, it, they basically create a band, despite the fact that like it's not it's not really alluded to, other than Stella, that any of them are really musically inclined. I guess Mo is. So we see Mo what carrying around like what a violin. Case She's the violin, point. and They're, I guess the only other one would be Charlie, who has the drumsticks. Because he's a drummer. Car. Yeah. yeah, but that's it. <laughs> and Stella, yeah, and Stella, because we see her like with the guitar. So basically, it's the it's the two crackers of the group <laughs> that are basically the ones where it's like I guess they're musically inclined, despite the fact that it's never alluded to at all. Because even though. Bridget Mendler's character is never ever alluded to be a great singer because she mm-hmm. doesn't talk at all. Um, the 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 ginger kid, we don't even see him touching like anything resembling like a keyboard um, until he has to. He only touches a keyboard because the script tells him to. Yes, um, those sort of things. So you have that, and at so they do that, and like over the course of the film, like they have like uh, the principal allows uh, lesbian Jesus to create like to basically be the opening act at the halloween dance because she because he thinks that like oh th- she's channeling her frustrations into creative energy mm-hmm. <laughs> which i which i found absolutely delightful that, like the movie actually highlights that like the character is manipulating the school administration to get what she wants <laughs> yeah again like this film is very i concerned that most of these disney channel original movies are made for like flyover country where they can't they they're deliberately made not to be edgy it's like i think i even said like in the freaky friday remake they did like a year ago like the controversial thing that the daughter does the mother freaks out about is that the daughter has her belly button pierced and i'm like that 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 was controversial like 15 years ago that's <laughs> yeah. not controversial in 2018 or 19 most girls don't even do that anymore because it's considered tacky um but again that just shows you how again how what they think the idea of what 
edgy is. Um, so you have uh, they they create the band and they're like, okay, like we'll practice, we'll get through this. But Bridget Mendler, the singer, is like afraid that like she she has like a like they never say stage fright. She just has some sort of just like fear. Again, she's an introvert. Mm-hmm. Um, but like they go out on Halloween during the Halloween performance. And they essentially blow the socks off everybody, yeah. after including the principal. Tim just sings "Dear Prudence." Yes, <laughs> yes. After after principal sings, I'm sorry. Um, yes, after they <laughs> sing, I'm, oh god, folks. Um, and then like during the second song of their performance, like Haley Kiyoko like goes completely off the rails and starts like being like she's no longer Stella, she's lesbian Jesus, and she's essentially telling everybody to like do what you want. And the whole time she's like she has. Possibly one of the greatest props. Like I, I know what I want when it comes to the Cinematis restaurant. She has like what, like a zebra print, like soda belt cozy. Yes. And she like pulls lemonade. Like okay, I guess we have to talk about that part of the plot. She pulls lemonade bottles or like mason jars. I don't even know what you even call them. They're not cans. She pulls them out of her belt and she starts like chucking them at the crowd. It's 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 phenomenal. Yeah, well, I'm, the whole glad, time I'm she... glad you took a pause here because I was going to also interject and say not only is she taking them out of her belt, which the best thing I could describe it as was if you've ever been to a diner and the waitresses have like those utility belts where there's different pockets for like straws and forks and knives and whatever, but all of the pockets have a can of lemonade in them. The band yep. also busts out a big metal tub of lemonade and i'm like where the fuck did they get this much lemonade <laughs> but that's the thing is like there's okay there's the plot like it's it's not even a plot beat it's maybe a story beat is that like the reason why they're called the band is called lemonade mouth is that like in detention they all like beforehand got this like there's like, like a decrepit vending machine outside yes. of detention like room mel's lemonade that's like Mel- yeah. mel's lemonade and it's not served in like bottles or cans it's like a weird form of like a mason jar and they're all enamored with it and that's where they get the name of the band from because they're all enamored with this thing but there's also a side plot where like the principal um has signed like a sponsorship contract with not gatorade turbo so blast the- <laughs> yes everything all the beverages in the school have to be not gatorade and so, like later on in the film, they take the, like they have like the the lemonade machine is being removed from the building. Mm-hmm. But like beforehand, they're like, "Oh man, like this lemonade means everything to us," despite the fact that like it's from a, a decrepit machine. But clearly, it's being regularly stocked. Yes. And, and that point is like reiterated at the very end when Stella gets hit on by like the 35 year old man that's in charge of the lemonade company. I've almost lost my mind at the end of this movie <laughs> because she's talking to this character who I'm like, are we supposed to know who this is? Like, what's going on? And he's like, oh, yeah, now I, he's like, I used to do whatever. Now I make lemonade that people love. And she's like, are you Mel? And it's like. Yeah, I am. What a coincidence that I used to be friends with the ginger kid's denim outfit-wearing father. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 a again. By all means, this movie is not normal. No, but no, relative no, no. to the rest of the Disney Channel original movie <laughs> canon, it's it's the most like like straight line. Yes, I also do want to mention two things about the lemonade. the The scene before they all go into detention and they all like get a lemonade individually and drink it. It doesn't look like any of them enjoy it. <laughs> like, they all seem to be, yeah, like, true. puckering up, because it might just be lemon juice, not lemonade. 
that's the thing like but like that montage like it's a montage yes and like it's meant to be have like this weird sort of like grandiose like like meaning to it like under the surface yet it's odd because like we're like okay the movie's called lemonade mouth they're drinking lemonade clearly this is gonna have some importance later on in the plot but it's not until like Haley kyoko lesbian jesus spits a mouthful of lemonade in front of douchey man that's the other scene fronts, i was like, gonna bring up yes like until that like maybe you want to describe that scene but until that moment the plot or the the name of the film doesn't really come into focus Oh, oh, absolutely. I think that's that scene that we're describing, and I will describe it because I love the fact that, what, um, Olivia, I think it's Olivia, goes to get a turbo blast because that's all she can yes, get in the cafeteria. Yes, yes. And blonde girl who I could only describe for some reason as very young Elizabeth Debicki <laughs> comes up and takes the turbo yeah, blast from her. Yeah, yes. And she's got the, the nose and the it's like, you know, give that girl three years. She's going to shoot up seven feet and be Elizabeth Debicki. Um, but <laughs> give that give that girl nine years and she's going to sit there, shoot Kent Branagh and drag his body <laughs> off the side of a yacht. Yes. But she comes up, she takes the turbo blast and she's like, oh, thanks for getting this for me. And I'm just like, OK, you know, classic like, you know, bitchy high school girl move. This kind of whole thing evolves into you have the the band members trying to defend uh, Olivia while the band members from Mudslide Crush are being bullies. And, you know, they start doing some shoving and stuff like that. There's a great little interaction that I was also charmed by where, you know, when Wendell's standing up for Olivia because clearly he's into her. And then Ray, the douchebag, is like, well, who's going to make me stop? Is it going to be you, Wendell? And Charlie comes in and goes, no, it's going to be me. And then him and Charlie and Ray start getting into it. And there's this little bit where Charlie's getting pushed. And he goes like, Wendell, Wendell. And Wendell goes, yeah, can I have some help? No, I'm, I'm, a, fi- I'm a lover, not a fighter. Right. Come on, bro. Just, just leave her alone. Oh, you going to make me? You're being a creep, right? <laughs> so if you're not going to make me, then who's going to make me? Me. That's who. You. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Can't 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 we talk this through? No, we can't talk uh, it through. Okay. No. When? 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 Yeah. A little help here, please. No, no, no I'm I'm a lover, not a fighter, but... Perfect. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, can, can you just make it quick? Make it. And it's, it's just like this tiny little charming moment. But then eventually, of course, lesbian Jesus comes in to save the day because she we see her say, "Hold on." She drinks some lemonade and spits it onto Ray. And I'm pretty sure he calls her when Christopher McDonald, the principal, comes up. It's like, and then I got attacked by Lemonade Mouth over, or spit on by Lemonade Mouth over here. And that's like the first use of the band name. I really like the whole, I, there's not too many edits from what I remember. It seems like to be a very like circular camera motion. I was like, this is great. This is what I want. I don't want Cheetah Girls, which is nonsense. I want actual like, you know, things I can follow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want on the record that even though like in the film it's easy to follow, Rob described that sequence. And I just watched it within the last twenty four hours. Yeah, I could barely follow that because like none of these characters have names. Characters have names. We have drummer guy Charlie, ginger man Wendell, and we ha- and we have douchebag man that's head of the the bad guy band Ray. Like <laughs> I didn't even know that was his name. Like you said Ray, and I'm like I didn't know we were talking about Star Wars. Like like. <laughs> Uh, his name's Ray. I'm like, I didn't even know he had a name. He's I, a douchebag man. I I usually have 
out of the two of us, I think I'm the one who has more troubles with names when I just call people their their real names. But this one, I had no problem with it. I didn't even know that Bridget Mendler's character had a name. She's just Bridget Mendler. Like, that's all that matters because, like, they don't care that the character has a name. Because, like, exactly. That's all that matters. I, I guess, I, to be fair, I don't know the name of young Elizabeth Debicki in this movie. But she's only in two scenes, but, I think. But so. we have, like, but, like, the two, like... The, okay, we have to talk about Mudslide Crush for a second because they oh, have yes. two songs in the movie, and they are infinitely more interesting than the 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 guy. What was his name? Um, the fifth cheetah girl guy. Where it's come on, come on, oh, come sure, on, come sure. on. <laughs> and this like we have to insert a couple clips from their two songs in the movie here because like one of them's like I'm like my girlfriend's prettier than your girlfriend, and it's like like you want like it, it's like dialed up cheesy like my life is better than your song yes the first time they performed i i i could not follow what they were saying i was just blown away by the fact that the the setup of the scene is that the we only really know the lead singer who's douchebag ray and then moe's boyfriend the guitar player they get out of a car in a warehouse to then stand on a truck to perform their first song and when they start the whole song, the guitar player's not playing his instrument. He's just high-fiving the crowd and, like, signing autographs while Douchebag Ray is basically doing knockoff Kid Rock. Yes. And so I'm like, so is this, like, a Kid Rock type of act? And then as soon as they go into the chorus, it is, like, beat for beat, like, musical beat for beat, a good Charlotte song, which is, like, <laughs> before this movie like, Good Charlotte was, like, early 2000s, not 2011. But I was like, so they go from Kid Rock to Good Charlotte. I couldn't follow anything in that song. second time they perform is a song called don't you wish you were us yes yes where the lead singer is wearing a shirt with his own face on it (laughs) and literally i i was in awe of this because i was like this might be the most pretentious song i've heard in years like 
I think of, like, Don't Stop by Inner Party System, where there's a lyric where he's like, I am God, like, fuck the rich, fuck the poor, I own the world, like, it's so pretentious.
this is the equivalent to that song. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so over the top, but like it's hammy in the way that only a Disney Channel original movie can be hammy. Yes, yes. Mudslide Crush! also like the name mudslide crush <laughs> exactly when i hear uh, that i can only think that the orange soda crush comes out with a brown version that's what i thought too like mudslide <laughs> yes. crush sounds something you get like a texas roadhouse yes. like like it's a dessert you find at a chain restaurant that that's the next thing it's either like you know a rocky road ice cream fudge brownie or it's the chocolate, chocolate version or, of orange, orange crush <laughs> All right, Rob, I think we figured out our snack for this movie. Oh, my Um, God. (laughs) So, like, you have that, and, like, we have the two, like, female characters. Like, one of them you described as, like, not Elizabeth Debicki as a child. Yes. And, like, we have another one that, like, like, her entire character is that she dances during the Lemonade Mouth, like, like performance at the Halloween party. uh, I think she has the butterfly costume one. Yeah. That's her entire character is that she dances when she's not supposed to, and we never see her again. Which is the one, because I know it's one of the two, which is the one that is touching guitar players' muscles in the cheating scene? We have to to get to the weird love triangle in this. There's a love triangle. There's an inexplicable love triangle in this that's only there because the script says it has to be. And it, it begins nowhere and ends just as quickly. So we have um, guitar player man from Douchebag Band. He is dating Mo, mm-hmm. the bass player from Lemonade Mouth. And this is happening before the Lemonade Mouth Band is even formed. I think and he's because Rich, Richie? I don't even. It doesn't matter. He's no, just, he's he, Scott. He's Scott. I wrote it down. It doesn't matter. He's just. You describe these characters in archetypes. They're not. He's Turbo names. Blast. He's Turbo Blast. <laughs> um, Turbo Blast, and you wish you were us. Um, 
so like they're dating uh mo she's the indian girl her father doesn't know like her big character moment is like she she goes to school wearing like a petticoat and then takes it off you can see her shoulders and that's like the big like whoa like she's she's a little racy and so like she's dating him and then she has the the quote that rob already mentioned where she's like well is it normal if a girl doesn't hear from a guy in three days um douchebag front singer man brings mo up to like the gymnasium at the school and she and he points out to guitar player man her boyfriend like oh look not elizabeth the bickies like feeling him up yep and it's like and that was shocking for a disney channel movie to have two teenagers touching each other that's like whoa like <laughs> i like i feel threatened right now as a parent like my kid might start touching somebody else's muscles now mm-hmm. and but like it's pointed out very early in the film that Charlie, the guitar player of Lemonade Mouth, has drummer, a thing for Mo. Yes. What? Okay, drummer, whatever. <laughs> he has yeah, the even long hair and he has f- a thick eyebrow. Yeah, before they even form the band, he is like watching her, Mo, with uh, the boyfriend and, and looking very longingly, that type of thing. And then we get the scenes where, you know, when before the band really comes together, Mo is like, we don't stand a chance. We're going up against Mudslide Crush. They're great. And Charlie's like, they're not that great. You know, that type of stuff. Sure. You're, you're typical like boilerplate when it comes to this sort of thing. Um, so you have that, though. So like, like numerous times throughout the film, Scott the guitar player for Mudslide Crush tries to get Mo back and she's like, well, I'm a completely different person than when I was two months ago. It's what my music that matters to me now. And she goes through this a couple of times. Every time he kind of just rolls her eyes. Well, even before the, the muscle touching scene, Scott is upset about her being in a band period before he's ever even heard her perform where he says stuff like, you know, I hope like, I want you to reevaluate your choices. I hope this doesn't come between us. Like he's just upset that she isn't, you know, just girlfriend. (laughs) Pretty much, yes. And that's that is typical, like Disney channel, like original thing. Like, like girls can be more than just like eye candy, and which is fine. Like that, that's what God Disney Channel original movies have been ever since I was a kid. And so you have that. Then about two thirds into the, like pretty much for the like the middle third of the film, the movie completely disregards that the drum player has a thing for Mo. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, he like goes up to her and he's like, I've got a thing for you. I like you. And she's just so turned off by it. Oh. She, like, I, like she wants like, like she's all, I don't want to say like she's detested by it as much as a character can be in a Disney channel original movie. I am so glad you bring up that scene because one, it comes out of nowhere. I think, I mean, they've been, you know, setting it up of course, as, as we mentioned, but I think overall, it it made me think of I don't know if you're gonna remember this. There's some weird scene in an episode of Hey Arnold where Hey Arnold has a crush on some girl, and there's a scene where they're talking about it, and Arnold's like, "I like you, but I think I like like you," and the girl's like, "Well, I like you, but I don't think I like like you," and they say like fifty times in the span of two minutes. <laughs> that is this scene yes, where yes. they're basically like, "I like you," well, I like you too. No, I like like you. Well, I don't well like 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 like, and I'm like, oh my god. Express. I know they're kids, but but please streamline this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that it, it is that like it's your t- it, it's. Let, let's leave it at this. It leave it leaves the most awkward taste in your mouth, just like doing that in real life is. Yeah, like, and it, 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 this is the lead in. I think in the movie Lemonade Mouth, where the dad is like, "You are too young for boys," and you know, I don't trust you. That type of thing. Sure, exactly. Um, 
So that was a terrible yeah. Indian accent that I just attempted to do. <laughs> I like I like so, didn't commit to it, and it came off worse than if I actually committed. I think <laughs> more or less. But no, it's like you have that. Like at one point, Mo even has the song where the the ex boyfriend is like in because at one point the, the principal like throws them out of the school. It's like if you ever like perform music in here and like in the school again, you're done. Yeah. So they start performing like regularly at a pizzeria. And one of the songs they play there is She's So Gone, where Mo is the lead singer, mm-hmm. which, why not? Because uh, at that point, apparently Bridget Mendler can also play the guitar, despite the fact that she's the singer of the band. They, the, the movie, uh, the conceit of the band is that they just want you to believe that they're the Beatles, and every member can play and do everything in the band. Yes. <laughs> yeah, everybody can do everything. Um, so, like, one of the songs that Mo sings is She's So Gone, obviously reflecting the fact that, like, she's no longer the same person, because we see ex-boyfriend man, like, sitting there with his arms folded across yeah. his chest. Um and then, like, it, we we get to, like, the, I'd say, what, the last, like, 20% of the movie, and each of the characters have, like, their own follies where they each kind of do something kind of, like, dumb or just typical teenager fodder. Yep. Like, again, and, like, what, the guitar player, like, confesses his, I'm sorry, oh, God, I keep saying it, drum player keeps, like, the drummer <laughs> keeps, like, confesses his feelings to Mo, mm-hmm. like, goes home and, like, angrily, like, plays the drums breaks his drumsticks goes to get another set out of like a tool cabinet yeah. breaks his hand in the process as he slams it it's the stupidest uh, shot because it's not even like it's edited we just literally see him close like gripping the the handle of this close the cabinet drawer and just not move his not attempt to move his hand at all and it just crushes his fingers <laughs> basically like so he basically breaks his fingers yep um the the ginger kid is helping his father put up like like a very regal portrait of him and like his uh oh god under very young girlfriend and he's like i want you to be my best man he basically drops the portrait like on his face and gets a black eye yeah, stabs him in the <laughs> eye yeah <laughs> yeah I, I i don't know how having a black eye a black eye in, like, inhibits you from playing the like the keyboard but or rapping yeah <laughs> yeah I, I, i'm not i'm not gonna question it um bridget mendler like just yells and she somehow loses her voice from yelling once yeah she yells at, well well this is i think this is gets to what we were alluding to before she yells at wendell because she's like, oh, Wendell, how'd you get a black eye? And Wendell's like, I fucking hate that my dad has a life and a hot girlfriend and doesn't want to buy a sports car. And, <laughs> and Olivia, Bridget Mendler, gets angry at him because he is taking his family for granted. And as we learned earlier, two things. Olivia's mother's dead, I think. <laughs> yup, yup. Or you either know, dead or was turned into a cat no, that dead. just died. <laughs> Those are the two options in this movie. <laughs> Not sure which one actually happened, but either way, the mom's dead. Either the mom just died or was transmogrified and then died, but we don't know, but it's the same end point. And we get a fantastic scene where they're all looking at clouds. They're all sharing their problems. Lesbian Jesus is like, I don't fit in with my family. Charlie's like, my parents like my brother more than they like me. Wendell says, my fucking... I have a stepmom. I'm angry about that. Uh, who, who are we missing? Mo says her parents are angry at her or don't trust her or whatever. And then out of nowhere, Olivia goes, my dad's in jail. <laughs> and my note is literally, where the hell did this come from? Sometimes I think I'm too stupid to be in my family. Like I'm just some big letdown. 
No wonder my mom ignores me. I wish my dad would ignore me. I'm never gonna live up to this idea he has with this perfect Indian daughter, you know? Try living up to a perfect brother. I'd take perfect brother any day over my dad's ridiculous girlfriend. Oh, my dad's in prison. And, and I have to bring this up because not only is, I'll, I'll, put, the, I'll put the clip in because it's so fucking strange. Because this is the first time we're hearing about it. I, my immediate thought is like, what did he do? Why is he in prison? And the movie does not explain it, but the book does, Zach. Okay, I, I, okay. You ready? I have to add. Yeah. <laughs> you ready? What's your question? Oh. And then I'll tell you about what the book is. I want to guess. I want to okay. guess why he's in prison. Okay, okay, go for it. Okay. Is the reason why it's not in the movie, but it's listed in the book, is because it's too, like, raunchy for the movie? Or is it like like just like something really, really innocuous is the reason why he's in jail? I think raunchy you're on the right track with raunchy. I don't like I use raunchy to describe it. Are you ready? <sighs> okay, hit me. Armed robbery and manslaughter. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I dark. lost my mind when I found this. <laughs> Armed robbery and manslaughter. Wow. Whew. Ooh, I wonder yeah. why the mother tra- transformed herself into a cat. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why damn. I was saying raunchy God might damn. not be the right word. Like extreme or realistic might be the right word. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I figured. I figured it might be like when I said raunchy, I was thinking something kind of like I don't know, like I don't know, like he was sitting there like selling like like booze to underage kids or something. Sure. Sure. Doing something because in so also in the movie they describe how Olivia's mother died or turned into a cat then died. We don't know. In the book, <laughs> Olivia's mother leaves her and her father when she's like a year old. Cause that, but that's what happens to Wendell in the movies. The mother yes, just leaves. The mother leaves him because she's like, I can't stand being with a man who wears all denim all the time. Is that true? Did you notice in like most scenes that the Wendell's father is in, he has all denim on. <laughs> well, Rob, he like he owns a ranch. Like, what else is he gonna wear? <laughs> Actually, one of my notes on that is when uh, when Wendell or when Wendell's dad reveals to Wendell that uh, he asked Sydney to marry him. And she said yes, and she's moving in. I'm like, oh, because who wouldn't want to marry a man who always wears denim and has a son that hates you? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's only a matter of time until like, like Wendell and Sydney discover like, like weird sort of like, like what stepmom son porn. Oh, absolutely. Like that's it's all yeah. like, like that's just like waiting to happen. Like when we get Lemonade Mouth two, which we'll talk about, they were going <laughs> to try to do, and it just fell apart. Like that clearly was gonna be the evolution of that. Oh, yeah. The dad like, is such a goober. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, you know why Sydney's marrying him because he has a ton of money. He owns a ranch. Yes, yes. But okay, oh, I, we had we had to get to Olivia's sad story because that leads into why she screams and loses her voice. So everybody gets injured except for lesbian Jesus, who gets them all arrested. Like we mentioned, I think yes. that's the next plot beat is that she calls them all to the school. Because they're taking the um, lemonade machine out, and she, like, chains herself to the truck? No, she doesn't even chain herself. She literally just sits, just sits behind there. Okay. 
Like the, the truck could very easily just pull like forward and nothing would happen. <laughs> she sits there, and what happens is that the two guys who like are moving it, like okay, like this girl weighs like a hundred pounds, soaking wet. We can both pick her up very easily with no problem. And then the rest of the four kids like attack the people, okay, and yeah. then that's why I think what the principal or like some security guard sees them. Yeah, something and like that. that. And that and they all get thrown like in a holding cell. You using the uh, qualifier of a hundred pounds soaking wet is accurate because it is raining in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes it is. Because it's weird. Because like they shoot that, it's like it's so, like when that scene begins, it's so bizarre. Because you can, it's so blatantly obvious that it's like day for night. Yeah, it's oh like what God, are they doing? Yes. Like, like why are they going at night? Like it doesn't make any sense. And like, wh- like why would they be at the school? And plus, why not just film it at night if you want to do night? And then you look at it, and it's like, wait, they, they want it to be overcast? Like, why? <laughs> like, it, it's one of those it's one of those creative decisions that literally makes no sense. Like, you do not need it to be nighttime, but yeah. it's, or, 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 or overcast. Yet somehow they, for some bizarre reason, they decided to do that that way. Yeah, yeah. So they all our band members end up in jail. I was my fingers were crossed when I watched this movie that Olivia was going to get to see her father in jail and we were going to get info, (laughs) but that doesn't happen. I had to go to the book after I watched the movie to figure that out. Um, But they come together because they do another stupid baby driver moment where common noises make songs, which I fucking hate that in this movie and baby driver. And then I think what's who they, they they all get bailed out by their own people, their own family. I mean, their own people, their own family, right? (laughs) Yeah, basically, like every they all get bailed out. Like they're basically just like they're being like thrown in there to kind of do like a like a weird sort of like scared straight thing. The, uh, yeah, that's a good point. I wish we would have seen like you know a bail or magistrate hearings or something where they all have to pay like eighty bucks to get out. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, every every one of their parents like or like a guardians comes and they have to kind of just like, like that's when you have the connection with like the adult figures being like, oh, this is why I'm distraught. Yeah, and I I think the only one that's different is the drummer Charlie, whose brother picks him up. Yes, and his brother's like, oh yeah, mom and dad love me, but it turns out I'm a fucking moron and I'm flunking out of college. <laughs> I'm flunking out of an Ivy League school. Yeah, yeah, but of course that kind of makes some things better, but they still suck at the concert. Well, that's the thing. Like, they're still injured, like, so they can't perform, but the whole crowd loves them so much. Like, the, cr- like, the crowd has, like, one of those moments where it starts, like, it's it's the Mean Girls thing where, like, the music, yes. like, stops playing, so the crowd, like, helps them. And then, like, uh, the Mudslide Crush guitar player man's like, I, I love my girlfriend. Like, I'm not going to let her drown. So he goes out there and starts playing the guitar. Yeah. And, and, think- and douchebag singer man's like, if you, if, this, if you do this, you're leaving the band. He's like, well, I'll find another band. <laughs> And essentially, Guitar Man switches one band to the other. Yeah. I I think my biggest problem with this is that, you know, the whole movie sets up this – it's not Battle of Bands. It's called, like, Rising Star or something like that, where the whole movie setting up – like, even at the beginning, when the music teacher wants him to form a band, it's like you form the band, you, you get on Rising Star, and you make a name for yourselves. We only get the Rising Star competition with, like, 16, 17 minutes to go in the movie. Yeah. I would have liked more in that realm. Like I would have liked a little more of like the performances or some of dealing with that. I feel like they spend too much time on the Halloween bash, which I know sets up a lot of the character stuff and then their problems getting sorted out, which I guess is the point of the movie, them all coming together and helping each other. But like 16, 17 minutes for this where four of it is the don't you wish you were us song from the mudslide crush. I think that I would have liked that music aspect to be more fleshed out. That was one of my complaints. 
Except I, I can. This is the movie trying to have its cake and eat it to eat it too because Definitely. it wants to have the music thing for the obligatory soundtrack that will be sold with the movie. But at the end of the day, it's a Disney Channel original movie, and the whole point of the movie has to be about friendship. Sure, but at the same time, we get another three minutes at the end of them at Madison Square Garden. That that's probably the biggest disconnect in the film. They go from basically, even though we're not told that they lose the competition. It's kind of like they're more or less like it's disqualified because none of them can perform except yeah. for lesbian Jesus. I think there is a throwaway line of dialogue where after the audience sings with them and helps them out, like it, it like the music fades out and there's narration from, I guess, Olivia or lesbian Jesus, one of them. And she's like, even though we didn't win Rising Star, we're the we're fucking selling out Madison Square Garden. I'm like, okay, that makes that whole bit kind of useless. That's, that, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a huge leap in like a narrative to go from like, oh, we lost the competition yeah. to, oh, we are literally at the peak of like stardom right it's now. It's the equivalent of like the music should have faded out with four minutes, five minutes to go in the movie, and Lesbian Jesus should have said, so then we sold our soul to the devil. Willem Dafoe came in, and now we're playing <laughs> Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> There was a school shooting at our school a couple yeah, of days Jude later. Law fucked us a little while we were high, and then <laughs> here we are, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that God. we've done so many music movies on Cinemonitors, we can just relate them all. <laughs> yes, they're all connected. It's an interconnected universe. Oh, but yeah, I God. mean, but so yeah. they, they play out Madison Square Garden. The credits are short as hell because there's not too much going on. Um, do we want to talk about the extended edition scene at the end? That, okay, sure. I agree with you. It's terrible, and I hate it. But it's so weird. Okay, I Rob, think you the thing that I want to mention, this. it's, okay, so this is a scene that is in the, the so-called extended edition of Lemonade Mouth, which is not the version on Disney+, Plus. which is, I think, the thing that baffles me the most, is that the only difference between the, the TV version and the extended edition is a five-minute extra musical at the end, basically, with some other stuff. I don't understand why that's not on Disney+. Plus. I mean, I guess this falls in line with what we did last December, things that aren't on Disney+. Plus. So a year later, we're still keeping strong. But this starts with them being successful. They are already a famous band, and they are being interviewed by someone who goes by Moxie Morris. That's her character name. Love that name. Basically, she's interviewing the band. This scene makes no sense because it starts off with a meta moment. Moxie Morris says, so how did you get like a year ago or whatever? You guys were all just normal high school students. How'd you get here? The whole band stays quiet. Moxie says, nobody wants to answer. And Wendell goes, we're saving that for the movie. And then it cuts to Charlie who goes, wait, there's a movie? I have no fucking clue what that's about, but that is thrown away immediately because Moxie starts to say, oh, Mo, you and Scott are dating. You're in this relationship. Mo tries to cut her off, and the father is standing behind the camera, and he goes, Mo, what relationship? You did not tell me about relationship. But Olivia cuts that off by saying her and Wendell are in a relationship. Wendell goes, we are. Olivia goes, well, I guess not. And then Wendell goes, no, yeah, we are. And then they play a song. It's the weirdest <laughs> fucking thing. It's so disjointed, and it makes no sense with the rest of the movie. I think you put it well, Zach, when, before we started recording. This should have been an alternate intro, not a post credit scene. 
this would have at least give us some setup for where the band is, like the Madison Square Garden thing. Not that it would have worked as well as the Madison Square Garden thing. And, you know, Olivia going, well, this is a story of how we got together. It wasn't always easy. You know, we had to overcome our problems. But I, 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 I mean, the song's fine. It's like the rest of the song. It's not my favorite. High Wire, I think it is. But it's all about that kind of relationship dynamic. And it, it's, it's absolutely nonsense. Yes. I think that's the best <laughs> way to put it, nonsense. Like, yeah. Um, I was, uh, from what I, I, I know the High Wire song that's on the soundtrack. Yeah. But when Rob sent this to me, like, earlier today, I had no idea about it. Um, it's almost as clunk. It's, oh, God, I'd say it's even clunkier than the Titanic alternate ending. <laughs> and that, like, it just, like, it feels ad-libbed by a bunch of people who don't know how to act. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I uh, the whole, you know, goofiness of Mo, where they're they're on camera. The whole band and the interviewer are on on a stage in front of multiple cameras, and when the interviewer starts to say, like, oh, Mo, tell us about your relationship, Mo, in front of all these cameras, starts to do the whisper and, like, the, like, the no, 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 like, cut her off type of thing. Everybody can yeah. fucking see you! That's stupid! <laughs> and then Olivia and Wendy going back and forth about their relationship is, I think that is the definition of clunky acting and dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So, and, yeah, oh, it's, it's I mean, horrible. I also left out, there's a por- uh, portion where... Um, I think the interviewer says, like, Charlie, you're America's new heartthrob. Do you have anyone special in your life? And he goes, no, not yet. Even though at the end of the movie we see him talking to a girl that was established liked him earlier in the movie when he yes. isn't with Mo. And I'm like, okay, well, fuck that blonde girl, you know. <laughs> she just <laughs> didn't I mean. matter. <laughs> That's what I mean. This feels like something that was part of a different cut of the movie that, they, that somebody just threw. Yeah, threw on the yeah, yeah this, this angered me. And then, I mean, but fine. I, I had no problem with the song. I don't know what you, you of course, have listened to the soundtrack. Uh, I know, I think we agree Determinate is one of our favorites. Highwire, I was kind of, like, fine with. Determinate. Push until you can't then demand more. Determinate. <laughs> so, so I guess I had a few other things for this movie that I wanted to mention. And I also want to talk about the difference between this and the book. A few other fun things I found. But I also had looked into or read about what you mentioned earlier, the sequel to this. Yes, the sequel that that fell apart. Yeah, that's what I read, that it fell apart. Do you think we'll ever get a sequel, or is it just dead in the water? No, no, everyone's too old. It's okay. like, think about it. Like they, they were filming this in like probably, what, s- summer, fall of 2010? And all these people are 10 years older now. There's no way they make it. You, again, some of these things just kind of get to a point where it's just. I remember, like, my. The mo- when I first started to realize this about Hollywood, was like, I remember, like, in 2000. Oh, God, seven? Mm-hmm. Might have been even 2006, where it was like, oh, is there going to be an Agent Cody Banks 3? The thing was that, like, well, <laughs> like, Frankie Nunez is too old. Like, he's like 24 now. Like, there's no way he can convincingly play like a 16 year old anymore. And it's like, okay. And that's kind of what it is. Like, again, like, you look at Haley Kyoko now, like, she's, God, she's older than us. So it's like, you're, you're having almost a 30 year old, you, there's no way you can have a 30 year old woman playing a teenager. Forget, again, I'm sorry, never mind a college kid, never mind a teenager. Sure. It would have to be a, a pass the torch type of thing. Something like that, or else they would try to – they would just remake it and just tweak some things here and there. Like, sure, like, like what yeah. they did – I think it's, it's kind of like what's going to happen eventually with like High School Musical. It's inevitable. That's that's a good point. That's a good point. It's I, inevitable, I was but like, it will be some re- – it'll be, it'll be the Force Awakens of it all sure. or Jurassic World. I was thinking it'll something be a like Haley Kiyoko is the new music teacher at the high school – 
she's dealing with the big auditorium that they get gifted from Mel at the end. And, you know, the oh, movie, yeah, that. Yeah, the movie, the, the sequel, if it was made this many years later, even further, you know, past 2020, whatever, we would have stuff like, you know, Haley Kiyoko's the music teacher. She's helping new musicians find their way in this kind of, you know, different landscape from the music they were playing. But then we'd have that B plot of, you know, what happened to Lemonade Mouth. We'd get cameos from maybe the people that are still alive in the movie. I mean, I, I don't know if all of them are still alive. I didn't look in any of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it would have to be something along those lines. But I also read, which I wanted to know if you saw, that they, the sequel kind of fell apart because apparently the Disney Channel they thought that the story was encapsulated very well in this movie. I read that and I was kind of like, when has that ever stopped anybody from making a sequel? I like who goes, Oh no, that was a complete story. Let's not do it again. It's like, no, everybody goes, who cares if it can make us money? Let's do it. I think that was probably one of the biggest things was that like, I'm trying to think from like that period in Disney channel, original movie history, the music movies really kind of like this was after high school musical was over and done. Okay. I think this thing probably didn't do the numbers they were because think mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Once high school musical comes onto the scene, it sets a benchmark. And this, even though it probably was successful, it probably didn't reach the same level that they expected it to, okay. or they wanted it. Maybe not expected, but wanted it to. And like any sort of sequel, it's going to cost more money. And you don't know if it's kind of like what happened to like we'll talk about it next week with Teen Beach movie, but like you get Teen Beach that like which was successful like it, it had a bunch again it, it hit that was being primed to be the next High School Musical, and it kind of had everything in place like it, it hit a lot of the same benchmarks that the first High School Musical set across the board. So they make the second one two years later, and then it just kind of fizzles out because like oh the sequel didn't hit the same numbers that previous sequels did. Okay. Um. And I think that's a lot of what Disney does. Disney sets benchmarks, and if something doesn't reach those benchmarks, they just they leave it out to dry. Sure. And that's and I think that's what happened. It's like okay, maybe if the plants aligned, they would have done it maybe in like 2012 or 13. Yeah. But I I, I don't think it was as wild. It was not as successful as previous endeavors. Okay. Unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, I would have. Like I said, I thought this movie was kind of. I wouldn't say good fun. I'd say kind of fun, but charming. Like, I liked a lot of yeah. the high school moments more than, you know, like we've seen in some other of these Disney Channel high school movies. It's, um, it's, you know what it is? It's goofy, not dumb. Yeah, yeah. And I think that leads me into some a character that I wanted to talk more about. Christopher McDonald as Principal Branigan. <laughs> Like, like when Christopher McDonald showed up, I was like, I was like, that's right. Whatever happened to him? Because <laughs> what? I mean, he's best known as, I think, so Shooter McGavin from Happy Gilmore, the Adam Sandler movie. Um, he's what, T-Bird in Grease or Grease 2, like Travolta's rival. Mm -hmm. He's uh, Beaver's dad in the Leave it to Beaver movie remake. <laughs> Uh, like, what else has he been in? He's always, he always plays, like, this weird nonsense villain, and he's doing the same shtick in here. He's got his helmet on and his, his Segway he's rolling around on. Probably my favorite line in the movie, which I, I put a little higher than the, my dad's in prison, and wow, that's an old cat. When we get a scene, the establishing shot is on, like, the, the TV announcement system. Christopher McDonald shows up, like, during a lunch a lunchroom scene, and he says something like, it was brought to my attention that 
the janitors have found gum on the underside of the bleachers in the new gymnasium, and I take this as a personal affront. And then it cuts away, and I was like, oh, that's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's some good moments like that. Over the weekend, I was notified that there was gum found underneath the seats of the new bleachers in the gym. This is a personal affront to me. I've assigned seven students as our class. You haven't called me back. Christopher McDonald, he's, you know, I think he says, like we mentioned the scene before, I also like the line when he bans Lemonade Mouth from the school. He's like, you had a good performance that people liked at the Halloween bash, but that is not the place for a political tirade. (laughs) (laughs) He even says, what does he say? Like, he's like, he's like, I even hear one hum from the gym showers. You're finished. Yes. That was quite a show you all put on at the Halloween bash. Mm. <laughs> You're very talented. Very. But just for your information, a high school dance is no place for a political tirade. Yeah. What you did Friday night was completely, completely disruptive. And you, you promised there'd be no funny business. But it wasn't funny. But he disappears from the movie after that. Like, that's his last scene. Yeah, he dresses up as Napoleon at the Halloween bash. I wanted to mention that. But that, yeah, he dresses up and he puts his hand, he puts his hand, like, in, like, the button, like, the button, the the button space. Yep. But he disappears uh, pretty much after his, like, like, him, like, like, what's the word, reading the the riot act. He disappears from the movie. Yeah, because then he just, he, he's at the, um, the auditorium at the end. And he's drinking yeah. the lemonade. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. Well, sure. But okay, we have, we have to talk about that for a second. The fact that, like, not Gatorade somehow can be outmaneuvered by, like, a guy who owns, like, a, like an organic lemonade business. <laughs> Turbo. Like, blast. we need to talk. To... <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, come on. In no universe is, like, the generic energy sports drink making less money oh, yeah. than the organic lemonade coming from, like, off brand, like, mason jars. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, you know, the movie has to. You know, uh, have a, that happy ending for sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Everybody, all's well that ends well. Like every sort of, like any sort of good Disney Channel original movie. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm, I pulled up Christopher McDonald's uh, filmography because <laughs> I'm so interested in Christopher McDonald. I mentioned Leave It to Beaver. In the same year as Leave It to Beaver, he's the bad guy in Flubber, which I almost forgot about. Oh, oh um, God, Flubber. That's a movie. Why hasn't yeah. Disney tried to remake Flubber? Because uh, isn't Flubber already a remake? It is, but like what like that means anything. How many times have they remade Freaky <laughs> That's Friday? True. That's true. I mean I don't think I don't think either the original or the remake I don't think the original was called Flubber, but the remake I I I know more people that say they hate that movie than they enjoy it. I liked that when I was younger though. Why haven't they redone that? Like is there a reason why they haven't redone that? No, I have I have no clue. That seems that seems like the perfect type of like C tier entertainment that they would do for Disney Plus. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. I, yeah, I would love to see a Flubber re-remake. <laughs> um, oh, of course. Uh, he's uh, the bad guy, voice of the bad guy in The Iron Giant. I can't believe I forgot that. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, Man- Kent Mansley is what he's uh, listed as. And then what? Apparently he's in Requiem for a Dream, which I don't remember at all, as a character what? named Tappy Tibbins. That, that's news to me. I gotta rewatch Requiem for a Dream just to see his scene. Um, and then... Oh, God, he's the president in Spy Kids, too. I didn't know that. And then everything else. He's oh. in stupid direct-to-video American Pie movies. 
He's in which ones? Which ones? Uh, American Pie presents The Naked Mile and American Pie presents oh. Beta House. Okay, I never saw those. I saw, the last American yeah. Pie movie I saw was uh, Bandcamp. And then and then uh, yeah, all these other things. He's been in a, he's in like at least two movies every year, but I haven't heard of any of them. Well, again, paycheck movies. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like well what happened to him like i i feel like he was that villain you know in in that happy gilmore era and i it was always kind of that guy for me and then he just disappeared i mean i guess the last thing i saw him in is probably he was like a a rapist news anchor in svu of, of course i think that was four years ago um but geez yeah christopher mcdonald come back be in lemonade mouth too <laughs> <laughs> Lemonade oh, face? Is that what we call it? Lemonade face? Lemonade. Uh, I, I don't even know anymore. Okay, the last thing I want to say about Christopher McDonald, uh, which I, I, re- I researched and wrote down before I just went into his filmography. Do you know when his birthday is, Zach? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It is February 15th. <laughs> That's Ben Affleck's half birthday. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Christopher McDonald's great in this movie. He's a he's a goofy half villain, I guess, because like we said, he's the villain for the first half. The douchey singer of Mudslide Crush is the villain for the second half. I did I did want to mention one thing I really liked in this movie. Probably something else I was charmed by, but I thought it was a nice touch. We didn't really get at the fact that after this new gymnasium is built, every other club that is not sports related gets relegated to the basement of the school. Yes, yes, I. I totally get at the start of this movie, it very heavy handedly sets up the fact that the school favors sports more than any other extracurricular. But I love when Haley Kiyoko is walking around the basement of the school. It's shot like either the slums on Mars from Total Recall or the future from Terminator. Terminator. Like where they're just looking into different rooms and seeing yep. things going on. And then when they're not looking at rooms, the hallways just have people sitting around. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I picked up on that. That was and a great little touch. The, the AV kid nerd is not like, oh, unless you're wearing like a, a Letterman jacket or a sport or, or a, a cheerleader skirt. skirt. Yeah, skirt. yep. You you have no place here. It's like, oh boy. But yes, <laughs> I picked up on. I didn't pick up on the Total Recall one though. But yes, I picked up on the fact that it's shot almost identically from when Kyle Reese is going like in the yes. underground in Terminator. I loved that. I thought that was so fun. You know. <laughs> Oh my god! But like I said, it's, like, it's it's small things in these movies that are fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, speaking of small things, when um, Haley Kiyoko decides to text everybody to get the band together, we see Charlie get a text message on his smartphone in a classroom, and he zooms in on the text message. Like Haley Kiyoku sent him a picture of a text messaging app that he was able to zoom in on, <laughs> like the two finger pinch thing. Yep. And I was like, oh, two, I was like, Disney Channel 2011, you had no idea what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Where were, where, were, where were smartphones at in 2011? Like, it had to be just at the start. Like, this was what the, when Blackberries were actually getting into touchscreen in early 2010s, right? Yeah. Like, Blackberries were still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, God, Rob, I feel old. This movie's almost 10 years old. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, damn. Yeah. God, wow, we ten. are an old group of podcast hosts. <laughs> yes. God, Cheetah Girls is 17 years old. Oh, my God. I mean, yep. almost, think about it. Cheetah Girls is almost 20 years old. That is a scary thing to say. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, 
I think that was everything I had from the movie. I did want to mention the uh, differences I found for the book because once I had to figure out what Olivia's dad did to go to prison and it turned out to be armed robbery and manslaughter, I needed to look into it more. In the book, Charlie the drummer, his brother is not in college and is not the favorite of the family. The family, or Charlie's problem is the book, is that Charlie had a twin brother that died during birth. What? That's in the book. So char so what? I, this is the thing. I think that whoever adapted the book for this film, that scene that we mentioned where the mother is crying in the car, they took that right from the book cuz it would make sense that the mother's crying cuz it's like Charlie, I want you to succeed cuz I would have had two children but one of them died during childbirth. Oh my god. Yes, that's that's fun. That <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the band Lemonade Mouth in the book gets more popular because they use what, at least, well, the synopsis of the book I read describes as more unconventional instruments, like brass, like trumpets, trombones, ukuleles, like Stella plays a ukulele in the book, which is not apparent in the movie at all. Um, at the end of the book, Charlie and Moe end up together. They do start dating, oh, which was, a, of course, as we discussed, a big change. But the thing... The probably the second most ridiculous thing the the twin brother dying during childbirth is the third. The first is the armed robbery and manslaughter. <laughs> the second that I was blown away to hear is in the book. The whole uh, Stella Haley Kiyoku lesbian Jesus. Her whole issue is that she doesn't fit in with her family, and there is in the movie something that's very prevalent in the book from what I've read that her whole family is apparently geniuses. Like yes. the the two little twin brothers are building their own robots and the mother's, I don't know, doing something and the father's curing cancer, I think they get at. Yep. And Stella's whole thing is like, I don't feel like I fit in with this family. I'm not a genius like you are. At the end of the book, when Stella like makes up with her family and her family's like, wow, you're a great musician, you know, like this is this is just as good as, you know, being a genius and stuff. It is revealed that the family has kept from Stella her whole life that she has a learning disability. <laughs> so literally, Stella's like, oh, I, she's like, it's not that I don't belong. It's that I actually have an affliction that, you know, makes me think differently from my family. Oh, my God. So, Zach, maybe next week, bonus episode, That's we read the book. <laughs> That's insane. Dude, I was so That's happy I looked into the book. Insane. The last time Rob That's did this was for Mortal Engines, and that was just a stupid endeavor discussing the differences. The book yes. is way more realistic and personal and dark than the movie is. <laughs> oh, my God. There you go. That's Disney Channel for you. Yep. Tony it down. Yep. Uh, the book is called Lemonade Mouth. It's by a guy named Mark Peter Hughes. I think it's 350 pages from what I saw, so it's not that long. Mm. Um, but if you want some, you know, like hard-hitting YA stuff, the book is for you. And then check out the movie. <laughs> Oh my god, that's hilarious! Yes. Still has a learning disability. I lost, it. I lost my mind. <laughs> that's great. That that I, ties in perfectly. I, I'm sensing a common theme amongst these movies. Yes, absolutely. I think the last thing I wanted to mention, which is kind of tangentially related to the movie, um, we've said it before. We'll say it for many years to here to come, as long as cinema is around. Uh, IMDb trivia is a wild wasteland of nonsense that is uh, <laughs> is not monitored. And, you know, Zach and I have talked about a lot how, you know, take those things with a grain of salt. But I think in the 
IMDb trivia section for Lemonade Mouth, I found the perfect example of why you should not always believe what is on IMDb trivia. So we talked about it, Zach, already, that one of the set pieces in this movie is a pizza shop. I think it's called Dante's Pizzeria in the movie. According to IMDb trivia, the pizza shop, the pizza shop set used in this movie has also been used in Schindler's List, Django Unchained, and Digimon the Movie. This is why this is bullshit. Digimon the Movie is entirely animated. That's that's what I got. That that's the IMDb trivia fact I got. For I love it. I love it so much, Rob. I love it. I love it. Isn't that the stupidest that thing you've I ever heard? It definitely is. <laughs> I I uh, I've the only mo- I've God. I actually don't know if I've seen Schindler's List. I was going to say the only one I haven't seen is the Digimon movie. I've definitely seen Django. I don't know where a pizza shop would show up in that, but I mean, I guess they could repurpose a pizza shop set for a saloon or something. But like, what fucking pizza shop is in Schindler's List? When do they go to when when are they discussing anything in Schindler's List that would happen at a pizza shop? Rob, I think the Digimon thing is the giant question mark of all oh, this. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the and, animated uh, movie. I uh, I had a rough time reading that. I mean, there's only like, there's only like eight IMDb trivia facts. The yeah, other it's, one, it's criminally short for this movie. Yeah, the other one that I I I looked at, but I was like, this just seems ridiculous. Is just like during the beginning of the movie, all the characters were orange and purple except Mo. She yes. wears blue, and then eventually she switches from blue to orange and purple. And I think I read that trivia fact when I had like 30 minutes in the movie to go because I was like, oh, let me see what's on here. And in the same moment I read that, I looked up at the screen when Mo was fully in Lemonade Mouth, and she's still wearing blue. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck IMDb trivia. <laughs> Did I tell you my favorite like IMDb trivia thing was that, like when Terminator Genesis came out, somebody switched like one of the like the quotes to like John Connor saying to Kyle Reese, "This is the last sausage in existence. This is why the machines want to kill us all." And it's like immediately machines kill sausage. John Connor screams, "No, Kyle Reese, you bastards!" It's oh like, and that was up there on like for like a month or two after the movie was released, and IMDb just permitted it. Oh Jesus. Yeah, IMDb is kind of like the new like Wikipedia of like movie trivia. It's 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 ridiculous because I I read I think I like read that color one and the um the Schindler's List Digimon Django Unchained one I just mentioned and they're like a hundred percent approval or interest rating whatever it is. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like you have fourteen year old girls saying yes. <sighs> yeah, I know. I don't. I I hate that shit. <laughs> yes, See that exactly. that's why whenever I. Whenever I actually find facts on IMDb trivia that I think are interesting, I will try and find some other, sor- other source for them. There is, there is no – I don't even look for this one because, like I said, a fully animated Digimon movie does not have a live-action pizza shop set in it. I'll bet money That's on that. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> they, maybe they animated the movie in a uh, pizzeria. In a pizza shop. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I think that was everything I had, Zach. Any other final thoughts before our questions on Lemonade Mouth for you? I do not, Rob. This movie, like all things, can, like it's shocking to say, but this is probably the probably the most objectively good Disney Channel movie there'll, there ever will be. Yeah, like it's I, not as yeah. bonkers as Teen Beach Movie Two, nor will it be as good. As, I'm trying to think. Like, I don't even know. I probably I don't even know if I have a favorite Disney Channel original movie. Well, uh, Pixel Perfect, clearly. Well, yeah, yes. That's that's that the default. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I don't know, Rob. Like, it's gonna be fun. To, I, I'm I'm really curious when we talk about Teen Beach Movie Two, which is bonkers. All Pixel Perfect or the ending of Teen Beach Movie Two? Okay, okay. 
Like I'm, vi- you have no idea how much I'm looking forward to that, like existential decision about like time travel and altering reality. Like Teen Beach Movie Two is the true Avengers Endgame of Disney Channel original yeah, movie. Yeah, that like I, like I said, you know, there's in this whole kind of four weeks in December, dancing December plus dancing, <laughs> something whatever we're calling it. Uh, dancing. I've, two I've seen. Two I have. Well, two two weeks I've seen. Two weeks I haven't seen because we're doing the double feature of Teen Beach One and Two. This is this is going to be interesting. Lemonade Mouth to compare it to the Teen uh, Beach movies because you've been hyping up Teen Beach movie is goofy. This was just fun and charming. Like I like char- Lemonade Mouth was charming. I have to say I was charmed yes. by it. <laughs> and there is and there is not there are very few Disney Channel original movies that are charming that were made after like two thousand one. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Wait till we talk about the Hayden Pantier, uh, Bill Pullman nine uh, eleven movie. Are we doing that right now? Can we do that right now? <laughs> that sounds that's like it Disney deserves Plus, a live Rob. commentary. <laughs> Rob, that's on Disney Plus. Nobody's stopping you right now from watching it. It's Bill Pullman and Hayden Pantier on aircraft carrier 9-11. Like, I don't think I, I, I know re- anything about this. I remember that was the last Disney Channel movie that came out the summer before I moved to New York. It came out like I think in, it came out right after Stuck in the Suburbs. It was August of 2004. I remember just being like the weirdest thing to talk about. Cause, like, it, wasn't, it wasn't a fun movie. <laughs> Because it's like it's it's not fun, so like there was no point ever rewatching it, and I think that's why it never like it very rarely ever got replayed or reaired, because it's not a fun movie. Okay, um, it's not even particularly like it's something even like Remember the Titans has its own like reasons why for rewatching it, even though that's not a Disney Channel original movie. Um, again, Hayden Pantier, Bill Pullman, nine eleven aircraft carrier movie. Uh 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 uh. It's like that's I again I get it. They were trying to make a movie that explains nine eleven to kids that weren't around for it. Three years earlier but at the same time though it is uh low on the rewatchability scale okay okay yeah i mean well at the same time i think i'm kind of my bar is so low because i watched the fucking mr magoo movie on disney plus (laughs) so i think i can handle anything at this point (laughs) can't handle anything okay that's fair all right remember all these movies are at your fingertips there's nothing stopping you other than yourself and hey just so you know being blind doesn't mean you can't live a fulfilling life. Being a moron <laughs> means you can't have a fulfilling life. That's the message <laughs> of that movie. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay, that well, with just... that out of the way, I guess that gets us to our questions. And I think I want to start with you, Zach, for Cinemize and Late Night, um, because you are the uh, the keeper of the dancing. Dan- dance Simber, dancing. Dance, dance plus sing Simber. Dance and dance Simber. <laughs> oh, God. Dance giving, <laughs> dance giving, yes, dance, dance giving plus. Oh my god, this actually um, makes so much sense. There was dancing in Titanic, and that leads us right into this series. <laughs> I can't believe I just made that connection. <laughs> All right, Rob, which of the movies for the next month series involve dancing? I'm trying to think. Is there any dancing? There's the prom racer? scene in Starship Troopers Starship at the Troopers. beginning. Okay, there oh we go. Oh my god, Zach, what are you doing to this podcast? <laughs> I know. It's all about dancing, folks. There's a dancing scene with uh, Oingo Boingo in Hot Tomorrows. Yes. (laughs) God, don't bring that up. Um, All right, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say for both Cinemodity and Late Night Movie, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no to Cinemodity because this is the most like competently made Disney Channel original movie that's ever existed. And as for Late Night Movie, there's really like it's fun. But, like, there's nothing really 
It's it's fun. Like it's the equivalent of having a cold soda on a hot. It's like having a cold lemonade on a hot summer day. Um, there's nothing odd about it. There's nothing that's gonna get a rise out of the audience from it, other than lesbian Jesus being in it and just fun watching hers like. I could like, like a like a nineteen year old just kind of just like bop around and be like low key edgy as opposed to her now being full on edgy. You watch it with the wrong audience and you call her lesbian Jesus and you have to explain <laughs> that to them. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, maybe that's sort of the last verse at the end. But no, I'm going to say no to both. Okay, I I think um, with your answers and your explanations, I'm going to completely agree. I have no to both. Um, uh, for Cinemodities, no, I think this is a feel-good teenager movie that doesn't fit the bill. Like, like you said, it's fun, it's charming, it, but it's not, there's nothing odd about it. I think also, like, I agree with you, competently made. <laughs> yeah, like, it might be an oddie in that how, comp- it, it might be an oddie in how, how it's not odd. Yeah, it might yeah, be that, one of those. Yeah. Like, it might be, it might not be a Cinemodity, but it's definitely an oddie within the Disney Channel original a, movie. A decommodity? Yes, a de- perfect. Thank you. <laughs> TM, TM, decommodity. Perfect. You buy your t-shirts now on the Patreon account. Uh, for Late Night, I think I also am going to go with no, of course. My big thing was I don't think this would keep a lot of people's attention. I I mean, once again, it's charming, but I think something, which I, I think I mentioned to you, Zach, I've been watching some old school um, Are You Afraid of the Dark recently, and that is very different from Goosebumps in the sense that I think it is charming like i'm like oh that was a cute episode like that's fun that's what this is like i watch it and i'm into it and i enjoy the music even but it's like i can't imagine showing this to anybody because immediately they'd be like at least in my group of people what are we doing here yeah and i don't think it would keep their attention i don't think there's a conversation to be had i think that you know I, people would not know who Christopher McDonald is to even get that part of the conversation. So I, I, I'm glad nobody to will say. know who any of the characters. Well, except for <laughs> Princess Jasmine, no one will know who any of the characters <laughs> are in the movie. Yeah. Except for, well, except for maybe lesbian Jesus. But that's she, she's she's niece on a good day. Most of the people that I know, when I tell them, I'm like, oh yeah, the guy Richie Aladdin. They go, what's that? And I'm like, the Aladdin from last year. And they go, that was Guy Richie. <laughs> Rob, your problem is that you're saying Guy Ritchie Aladdin, not Will Smith Aladdin. That's your problem. Oh, my God. Will Smith. He's not terrible in that movie. But when he sings um, the uh, like one of the big Robin Williams songs, like, I can't – the name's not coming to me. It's not You Got a Friend in Me because that's the Toy Story song. <laughs> but for some reason uh, – but there, there's one song that you know Will Smith sings, and it's an atrocity compared to the Robin Williams version. Not shocking. I also yeah, d- didn't see that movie in the best circumstances. I don't know if Zach remembers, well, but that is for yes, a series many years from now, and I tell that yes. story. <laughs> yes, that's that's one of the, like how I have stories about context. That would be a fantastic Rob's context episode. That's the that might be the one thing why we don't do the Guy Ritchie series because I'll have to explain <laughs> how I saw Aladdin. <laughs> so. So fast. I hope the, all the audience is like, what? Like, how could Rob see a movie in a bad circumstance? Uh, I think the slightest hint I'll give <laughs> is that we referenced my circumstance in this movie. That's all I want to say. That's all I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, I can confirm that, folks. I can confirm that. Okay, Zach, if you are ready then, we can get to our snacks. And like I said when we started recording, give me two seconds. I got to run to my fridge. There's going to be a live ASMR uh-oh. Food Uh-oh. consumption during this, okay? So give me give me two right, seconds. Uh- give me two seconds. Okay, folks, and Zach, 
Zach, for you, I'm going to turn my camera on so you can see me actually do this. Oh, boy. Okay. I don't know if you remember this, if, if, uh, if you've ever seen me do this. It had to have been back before 2010. But I figured, what better way? Like, some episode earlier on in Cinemodities, for some reason, I had a Slender James, a Slim Jim for the peasants out there. And I ate that live while we were discussing snacks. While you give your snacks first, Zach, I'm going to eat a quarter of a lemon. A straight lemon. Because I love eating lemons. My whole life, I eat fucking straight lemons. And I had I had half of a lemon. I need to save a quarter of it because I'm making some lemon asparagus later. I can eat a quarter of it now. Zach's going to oh watch God. me. The audience is going to hear me because I'm going to do it real close to the mic. But Zach, please start your snacks. Folks, Do you want me to take a bite first and then you start your snacks? Folks, like get an folks, unedited. Folks, I am legit. I am legit looking at a man holding a lemon slice in his mouth, about about to put it in his mouth. Like this is legit <laughs> happening. Like, have I you seen me eat a lemon before? I feel like I sh- I no. must have done it back when no. we went out to dinner with like my mom, your mom, whatever. I'm sure I've eaten lemon slices in front of you. I've been doing I, it since I, I was like ten. I, I do not remember this at all. This is a first for me. Zach We're breaking has, new ground. Zach, I'm sure there was a time that we went to Olive Garden, complained about it, and I ended up eating lemons. I'm sure that happened. <laughs> I, I don't deny that, but I do not remember it. Okay, well, how about how about I give it one good bite, and then you start your snacks, and in the background of your snacks, you're going to hear me sucking <laughs> a lemon for the rest of this. Because this is lemonade mouth. I'm about to be lemon. I have snacks as well. Don't worry, Zach. I'm not doing this to supplement <laughs> snacks. Okay, you ready? Zach's I'm like, I'm, not, I'm never going to be ready. Just, just do it. <laughs> I'm, no, I, am glue, I am glued to my screen right now. Like, I cannot look. <laughs> oh, my God. It's disgusting. Do your snacks! I kind of want to Do your snacks! Right <laughs> I want to vomit right now, folks. This is literally the worst thing we've ever done on this podcast. That includes using certain... Do your snacks! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, folks. I am like disgusted. You're supposed to say your now. snack, Zach. <laughs> is vomiting a snack? It is can be. I'm not even done yet. Oh, my eyes are watering. This is a, this is a very sour lemon. I love it. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I, okay, get my mind off this, as I have to listen to it and I look away in disgust. Um, my snack is, I think we should have some form of... <laughs> you're not to, to hear the recording of a person choking on a lemon in real time. I just want to cut out this chunk and, like, share it everywhere. They'd be like, hey, you like Cinemodities? Check this out. <laughs> and it's just me sucking this, lemon, This is right? a teaser. This is a teaser. A grown man eating a lemon on a podcast. This is disgusting. Um, some, hey, someone out have... there is getting turned on by this. I can promise you that. <laughs> I don't deny that. <laughs> All I can say is it's definitely not me. Um, um, I want a Hale, I want I want Haley Kyoko to spit beverages onto our guest. We can probably get her right, Rob. You got to get all the juice out. Oh my god, they could stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> okay. Okay, I think I finished it.
Uh, my teeth are decayed completely, so we're good. <laughs> um, okay, uh, yeah. I'm going to put that lemon rind right over here. Okay, snacks. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best oh, thing we've ever done, and you know it. <laughs> I go with that out of the way. Snacks. I, I Well, I guess one of the things, I, I, I'm glad you were just shocked by me doing that, because I thought for sure you'd remember me eating lemons. I A lot of people know I, me I, eating lemons in my life, because uh, that's what I do. But now, we can say for certain, as Zach and I discuss snacks, I have a lemonade mouth. <laughs> but, but did Haley Kyoko spit it into your face? No, she did not. And I'm glad you say that, because I think this is going to overlap for both of us, but... Spitting lemonade. Go go for your snacks, Zach. I think I actually might have broke Zach. Zach's like, oh, well, you know, I was angry last time we discussed <laughs> when you used a lot of offensive words for the Cheetah Girls. This might be topping that. <laughs> it, it, it's not topping it. It's just, just as bizarre but in a different way. Um, I think snack, again, I want Haley Kyoko spitting something at somebody. We need lesbian Jesus doing that. Sure. Um, maybe we can put her next to the, uh, the glory, the, the caviar glory hole of the spitting things at people. Um, I think we need some also form of baby delivery beverage system where somebody has, like maybe our, uh, the waiters have it in their belts. They just throw it at people. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that's that. And other than that, I don't think there's like, I don't think there's a lot of other really, other than the titular drink. I don't think there's a lot of other snacks in this. Okay, okay. I um, uh, one, my lips are very chapped right now. Uh, two, <laughs> two. I agree with you that we should have. I didn't have K- Haley Kyoko being the one to spit lemonade at people. My idea was that we would have the lemonade mouth lemonade, where if someone orders the lemonade mouth lemonade, the waiter comes out with an empty glass and the lemonade in his mouth or her mouth. <laughs> And spits it into the glass, then serves it to the customer. Oh, oh, okay. So, like, the, the mouth lemonade, lemonade gotcha. mouth lemonade would be the delivery system. Okay, that's fair. I can get behind with that. Yeah, yeah. So, so I thought that was good. Um, I would love to have Turbo Blast, which is water with a light blue food coloring in it, you know, as a beverage. That is, is that all it is? It's not even like like artificial like flavors. It's just water with food coloring. For for um our uh, financial stability, it's just water with blue food coloring. Yes. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Fair. The the last snack I had, which I was actually pretty excited about, because I feel like oh for a, oh, oh go for it go for it. All right. There's one thing I forgot about when talking about this movie that I was actually you like, have a lemon wedge too. You're gonna eat a lemon wedge snack. <laughs> I have lime. I have I have a lime wedge. Do you want me to eat that, Rob? That's not as sour. I don't like limes as much as lemons. Um, uh, what are you okay. making, margaritas or something? What do you have limes, Rob? We all know I drink beer now. Who puts? Well, one who drinks beer? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was waiting for that. Rob makes fun of me for drinking beer. He's I make like, fun of everyone for call? drinking beer. Rob's like, you just drink straight alcohol from the bottle. You don't yeah. even put it in a glass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> No, like okay, I want to note that like at one point in the film when they first like getting to know each other, they're eating pizza and yep. they and there's what five people in the group and they each take a slice of pizza and then like we cut like and we see them like put it on a plate and then we cut like, there's like an aerial shot of the table and yet there's somehow eight slices of pizza still <laughs> on the platter and I'm like wait what I'm like how many slices is, did they cut this pizza like a how many slices was the pizza cut in two? And B, 
how big was the pizza? Because they all look like normal slices. It's like, how do you each take a slice at five people and have still be eight slices left on the on the platter? I, I think I picked up on that briefly, but I'm glad you mentioned the pizza because like we mentioned how earlier. How do you slice a pizza into odd numbers unless being really, really creative about it? I think you just said it perfectly. You have to be really creative, <laughs> like make a jigsaw pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. But I'm so glad you mentioned pizza because that was what my uh, my last snack was because, of course, we have our lemonade mouth, our lemonade motif, and then they go to a pizza shop and they perform there. They have pizza there, stuff like that. So why don't we serve lemonade pizza? And this this is my pitch for lemonade pizza. It's a pizza. But we have sliced lemons as a topping with a lemon-based marinara sauce, which is crazy because marinara and tomato sauce is already so acidic. You don't need to add lemons to it, but fuck it. That just watched me eat a lemon, so the citrusy and acidic, the better. (laughs) But then feta cheese, I was thinking like maybe chunks of John Dory, the fish, and capers. Like an actual pizza that might be sour, but it's lemon-based. What do you think? I would that that no it fits in the Cinemati's restaurant though I just don't know it sounded a little too real world applicable for my life. <laughs> Zach's like Rob, you're not allowed to invent real pizzas for this restaurant. <laughs> you can make imaginary <laughs> pizza, but you can't make real pizzas. <laughs> I don't know. I've never had a pizza with lemons on it, and I looked up when I thought of it. I was looking up some recipes, and apparently it does exist. Of course, it does. Uh, well, yeah, because everything, every food exists, you know. Uh, except the really weird ones we think about. Um, but I, I was liking that lemonade pizza idea. I thought that'd be cool. Sure. And Zach, it's been a while, too. Maybe we need a real item on the menu every now and again. You know, it might take six not- months between them, but maybe we do need a real item. <laughs> and not our normal thing is just adding some sort of thing of, like, fiberglass to the menu. Yeah, with a pretty <laughs> yeah exactly. And I'll, I'll punch it up. If you order the lemonade pizza, it's going to come with some wedges of lemonade that you can eat straight, like I did. <laughs> It's a win-win. <laughs> Dis- uh, disgusting, folks. I should have recorded that. That is, I, I, I did. Re- well, you. Did, I, I recorded the audio. You did not record the video, but the video. No, the audio isn't that bad. The video is disgusting <laughs> combined with the audio. <laughs> I threw up in my mouth a little. Spoiler alert. Justin gets angry at me every time I eat a lemon in front of him. <laughs> You know what, for once, I'm starting to understand why Justin is the person he is. So there's actually, when I did this, one of the times in front of Justin, well, every time I do this, eat any lemon piece ever, for some reason, people think I have no concept of, like, teeth health, which I'm totally aware (laughs) of. I know that acidic things are not good for, like, your dentin and stuff like that, but they always say that, and one time Justin was like, do you tell your dentist that you do this? And I said, <laughs> when when I'm in the waiting room for the dentist, I have a whole lemon I'm chowing down on. So when they come out <laughs> to get me, they know what they're getting into. <laughs> He's walking to the dentist's office as you're filling all the paperwork, just chewing on a lemon. <laughs> I love me some lemons, man. Love me some isn't lemons. That Simpsons, isn't there that Simpsons gag where like where the Shelbyville steals the lemon tree from Springfield? Oh yeah, and like like the hillbillies and Shelbyville like just take a bite out of the lemon, like they like their entire lips curl and there's like a single tear running down their cheek. Yep, that's yeah. why I imagine when you walk into the dentist, the the mouth. I think Bart does the mouth puckering in that episode, like his whole mouth like turns in on itself or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean everybody get it. Go everybody go out buy a lemon, cut into quarters, shove that whole fucking quarter in your mouth chow down on it some good shit get seedless don't do this with seeds you will probably choke (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, what's this worse? Doing the thing with the lemon or using tinfoil? Like using tinfoil in general or? No, using no, no biting the tinfoil. Oh, biting. Oh, biting into tinfoil. Absolutely. That's worse? Yeah. Tinfoil is not organic. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only thing that matters. <laughs> you don't have to swallow the lemon or the tinfoil. It's just the idea of it. Like neither one is pleasant, but. I don't know. I like, I mean, my lips are chapped and my throat burns, but it tasted good. Tinfoil would not taste good. Okay, real quick, let Let's me get start. a thing of tinfoil. Let me start. <laughs> <laughs> That's this how we're going to round out our into... snacks. You're going to hear Rob. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast just evolves into people chewing on things. Do you remember well, when I ate? About three out of ten. <laughs> Do you remember what episode it was where I ate the Slender James? I couldn't remember. I know that's a thing, but I don't remember when that what episode that happened. Yeah. I know at one point you're like, like I'm going to do the lovely ASMR of eating a Slim Jim on this recording. For some reason, um, I remember it was because I did not like the movie or I didn't want it related to snacks. So I was like, I was like, Zach, I have a Slender James. I'm just going to eat it while you talk and go oh, most of the time because I love me a Slender James. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, yes. I couldn't remember what I, it was. I know that was a- I know that was a thing that you did, but I, I think that had to be like within the first year of Cinemates. Really? It had to be because you you stopped you you didn't do gimmicks like that after a while. I thought it was this, a, this is a non gimmicks okay. podcast, Rob. Mm. Well, we don't do bits anymore. Uh, contact us at cinemonitors at gmail dot com. Let us know if you want to hear Rob eat more strange foods because I would put a lemon, a quarter of a lemon, and a slender James in the same category. The slender James we'll put, has more radiation. <laughs> When Rob's not feeding uh, cigarettes to cats, he's eating lemons and Slim Jims. Wow, that's an old cat. <laughs> it's smoking cigarettes. <laughs> it's old enough to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> <sighs> All right, Rob, so how are we going to end this episode? Well, um, I think two things. I think for the outro music, we can agree on, I hope we agree on, Determinate in reverse. Determinate. Determinate. Push until you can't and then demand more. Determinate, slide to the right, slide to the left, determinate. <laughs> I think yeah, the at other one point thing is, I actually at one point I knew the entire wind rap from that song. I'm not surprised. I used to know the entire honest. thing. I used to. I would imagine that years. when this came out in two thousand eleven, um in the next year, when you were when we were still in college, that you did it at an open mic night. I would not put that past you, Zach. <laughs> Zach well, was doing open mic night. It, Zach Rob, was doing kids pop music at open mic night, and Rob was eating lemons at open mic night. Can we all talk about the fact? And I don't know if we've ever discussed this on Cinemodies, but at the uh, Inspiriority Complex, like first live performance, Rob's father filmed it, and in the and yet every single time Rob shows this initial performance, nobody comments on Rob or Jeremy performing, but they comment on the fact that there's clearly a group of girls and one of them's upset outside the location and everybody immediately focuses in on that. It's the like, best part of the video, on? unfortunately. <laughs> like, I, like, like this podcast knows, and I think even Knights of Vader knows, that I did the whole fucking 12-hour time-lapse of a cockroach under a glass for some really cool effect. But more people talk about the fact that there just happened to be a girl crying in the background of when Jeremy and I played an open mic night. And it's like, well, well, fuck, maybe, you know, the world, the world is a better video than, than, you know, we are. 
<laughs> I love that. I love that. that like, even I fell into the trap of that. Cause, like Rob's showing me the video in like two minutes. And I'm like, Rob, what's going on? In the background? Yeah. <laughs> and, and this is before it caught on as like a weird sort of like inspiriority complex meme. That's that might be what we go down for, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the girl in the background at New Pulse that's crying as her friends oh, trying to console her. It is her. really good. I have to admit that we Jeremy and I had no idea what that that was happening. We didn't see it like, you know, because we weren't the first on open mic night. We didn't see it like when we were getting on stage or something. We just happened to catch it on film. <laughs> History was made. <laughs> God bless your father, Rob. God bless your father for not centering the frame of the with whoever he was using to record it. I, hey, I yes. But also, thankfully, he didn't zoom in on the girl and totally miss our performance. Because <laughs> you, you totally know my dad. He'd be like, what the fuck is going on out there? <laughs> He'd be like, they'll perform again some other time. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I think this has been good. I think the other thing I wanted to ask you, Zach, is um, I think we've mentioned it. I think we're recording this a little out of order, but next week is our double feature. Is that correct? Yes. Next week is finally. We're getting to the piece de resistance. No better way to end the horrible, horrible, disastrous 2020 (laughs) than to end it with a movie that literally ends its franchise by erasing its own continuity. That sounds fun to me. Okay, I think that's it. We'll play some Determinate in reverse. Uh, Hopefully everybody learns the rap section in reverse and can sing it to us for sure. (laughs) For sure. Turbo Blast!
Thank you.